am Judy Carter with Jason Medbury. This is the Power of Purpose podcast, where we explore how to live a purposeful life and how creative people like yourself can make a living doing what you love. Thank you so much for writing a review on iTunes and Gplay of our podcast. Thank you. Uh, for telling us how you found your purpose, and especially those of you who are now making a living from listening to this podcast. Thank you. It's so great that some of our suggestions have resonated with you and have helped you make a living doing what you love. Nothing better than that. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I think one of the, 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 the greatest, most rewarding things is even if you haven't made any money, that you took some action, that you listened to some of these episodes and went... I'm going to do that. You went out and you did it. And even if it didn't, even if it didn't make you a dime, you took the step. And that's, and that's, that's fantastic. Oh, some of the best things I've done in my life, which is matter of fact, one I'm doing tomorrow, which I'm not making one penny for about, um, is, uh, my solo show that I wrote and I'm doing a reading at, at, at a theater, which I've rented. So I'm paying, Mm -hmm. but I have to tell you, it's one of the most exciting things I've ever done. And I've already have someone who wants to produce it, to, to, uh, who issued a contract on mm-hmm. it. And it's something I put out there just because I love it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what's coming back. But sometimes you just got to do that. Yeah, you just got to do that. You, put, you have these works of passion and you put them out there. And I just, I just have faith. I yeah. have faith. So, uh, so on this episode, we... Uh, we did an episode a little while ago uh, about opposites. Now, if you've listened to the podcast, bu- you know before, you know that Judy and I are actually very different when it comes to how we attack creativity, how we attack business, how we attack creating content, all that stuff. And that's I think that it works a lot for our dynamic. Yeah, because you would never, you would never like I'm going to write this whole show and put this all out. Yeah, I have no idea how to market it or yeah. what I'm going to do with it. It's just a work of the heart, right? Yeah. You'd have a budget. You would have it all lined <laughs> up. You'd have a list of all, all the, the logistics would be figured out ahead of time. All yeah. the logistics of possible you know. directors. You'd have. You'd have everything all lined up. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that, that's just my style of thing. You know, it's a very you know, and we're and we're very different in that. Um, but one of the other things is too is just the masculine approach and feminine approach to creativity. Which one am I? I'm going to give you the feminine one. Okay, I'll take just that. for that one. You know, because I think you've referred to me as a lumberjack in the past, and I think that's I'm spot more Polly. I think. Yeah, there you go. So, as the kids say. As the kids <laughs> as say. As the kids say. Um, but you know, and you know, I I used to think in my formative years that it was like, ah, oh, there's no difference, and thing. It's just oh, people just think the way they think, whatever. But uh, as I've gotten older and I've done more work and I've worked with more people, going about, you know recognizing masculine parts of creativity and feminine parts of creativity and how they work together and how they work in opposition of each other can sometimes be very, very important. And sometimes you may be looking at something that you think is fantastic, but it comes from a very severe side of one or the other. It's super masculine or it's super feminine. And suddenly you don't realize it, but you've isolated your audience now. And all it took was a little bit of collaboration with someone who was the opposite of you to make it to take it to the next level. To yes. Level. Now, I I'm not one to deal with um, gender stereotypes. Yes. However, we can in this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I've had experience in um, my my 
best experience I've had was when I taught stand-up. Mm-hmm. And I really noticed the difference in a male approach to doing stand-up comedy mm-hmm. to a female approach with stand-up comedy. Yeah. And both I found annoying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, equally annoying. Equally annoying. She's Absolutely like... <laughs> annoying. And I will term one a, you know, the guy way of doing it and the girl way of doing it. And mm-hmm. both are um, equally annoying. So should we start with the girl way of doing it? First? Oh, well, I mean, they do, we, don't, we can. We can start from, let's start with some feminine traits, uh, okay. ideologies, whatever you want right. to call I it. I find when it comes to this so annoying okay. about women. <laughs> okay. So it's going to turn oh, into that. Oh, okay. my God. Okay. I, I, I just find this so annoying. You know, and I'm gay. So, you know, <laughs> they say, oh, uh, gay women hate men. No, we don't. We hate women oh. <laughs> because we have to be with them. It's so annoying. <laughs> so annoying. But this is what I've, I've noticed about women um, when they're standing in front of me and I'm teaching, coaching, and, and stand up. It's like, can you talk about something besides yourself is it possible mm. to do a joke without the word my in it oh okay my breasts my weight my boyfriend my life my home my this have you read a newspaper yeah. <laughs> do you know there's a world past your body mm-hmm. and and the the and and i find maybe it's that i live in los angeles and the amount of um you know this is like land of extreme narcissism mm-hmm. but the inability to have a perspective beyond something that is yours mm-hmm. that's something that's in the world yes and that's why i think the stereotype which is not true at all that women aren't funny that's mm-hmm. not true but i do feel that women we do have a tendency to think that our every single opinion we write or joke we write has to be about um, an intimate part of ourselves, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's why you'll see um, women just, I mean, now the trend is to be as, you think you're being very daring when you're talking about like, a butt fucking or um you know um oral sex or i mean everything's getting more and more graphic i yep. think with the comics and, and i feel it's very unfortunate mm-hmm. because um a lot of times i have to a bookish corporate show and i look through maybe 20 tapes of some very talented female comics but when their first five jokes are about some part of their body i can't use it yeah because I don't know their point of view. Mm. I don't know um, how they relate to the rest of the world. I don't know really anything about them mm-hmm. um, except this very small world that they live in. Mm-hmm. So that is my problem with female comics, <laughs> you know, is uh, read a book, uh, <laughs> comment on something. Mm-hmm. I mean, and if you see a movie, you want to make a joke about some movie that's really popular, you don't have to start the joke up. So there I, I'm with my boyfriend and I go to see a movie in yep. my neighborhood and I'm at my movie. It's like everything, it's like stuff. Can you, like a premise, just people who don't do stand-up, stand-up co- starts with a premise. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see Seinfeld do this all the time. Every successful paid comic does this, you know, um, have you noticed that when when we 
you know, when people say I'm going out of the house or whatever the premise is, mm -hmm. they use we, you, us, mm -hmm. which makes it more connected to an audience. Yeah. So female comedians, and I know I'm bashing my own sex, <laughs> but many of them um, who aren't successful will insist that the audience come to them. Mm -hmm. And their beginning lines, oh my gosh. If I go to another, I'm open mic in here. So let me tell you a little bit about myself. Nobody cares about you. Yeah. What about you caring about the audience? Mm -hmm. I, I can't, I'm getting my knickers and I'm not about this. <laughs> Look at me. Listen to me. I'm really getting my knickers and I'm not about mm -hmm. this. Um, anyway, so, so that is my problem, is a lack of empathy for others mm -hmm. um that's it what okay. do you have to say about women <laughs> yeah. are you going to defend, I, I'm defend not gonna, what i said are you going to defend women because i've just trashed women <laughs> well, i I'm have not gonna, betrayed I my own gender defend uh but i will say you know one of the things since you know since you started with problems of it i'm going to go with problems from the masculine side things that men do or the 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 masculine approach to creativity sometimes can be very stifling and, and oh very i get what we're doing we're, we're starting with the trashing and then we're going to say the benefits then we'll say the good of stuff feminine. Okay, okay i'll try and think of something <laughs> oh you'll think of a million things uh <laughs> but you know uh sometimes what i see especially when i'm working with a room full of men who are be trying to be creative is we get very solution and results oriented and and we don't have, I would say, almost the courage to like allow things to just feel and fizzle out. You know, you you hear this old cliche of like, you know, if your girlfriend comes home and she's complaining, don't try to solve all the problems. Just sit there and listen. And it goes so much further with that in the creative process because men will sometimes so, you know, so aggressively try to get to okay, well, how do we fix this? And how do we do this? And how do da, 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 da. And they're not, you know, experiencing any moments in order to help expand what it is they're thinking about. They want a very cut and dry, very specific, very result oriented. Okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And another thing. And, another, and, another, and, another, and it's done, you know? And unfortunately, when it comes to creation and creativity, you can't just sit there and treat it like math. You can't just be like, all right, I'm going to add this and this, and then that'll be good. Or a, a, a big thing that I see all the time is so-and-so did that. I'm like him. I'll do that too. It'll be fine. And it's like, no, that's not. I love the voice that you're doing. Yeah, I'll do It's like lumberjack I'm voice. doing the super Well, the then super I'm going to do this. Uh, yeah, exactly. Chop down the tree, Paul Bunyan. Yeah. Well, I do a lot of work in motorsports sometimes, and sometimes I'll get these, these <laughs> emails and messages saying, I want to do this. And it's like a link to something. <laughs> and it's like someone did some, you know, kind of funny thing. And they're like, well, can't we just do that? And I'm like, no, <laughs> like, like it worked for them because they're this and they're that and they feel this and they come from this perspective and they're like, yeah, well, that doesn't matter. I should just be able to do it. It got a laugh here or it worked well here. So we should just do it because A plus A equals, you know, whatever. So you're saying what I'm saying about women, trashing women, is that like so much feeling about yourself yeah. and you're saying more outside of themselves just going for the solution exactly or the, it's the quick fix it's the solution and the unwillingness to be open to letting something go in a completely different direction yes and i i i had i want to again doing stand-up teaching stand-up comedy um one thing really struck me when you're talking was this guy 
who was quite a misogynist. And, <laughs> and, and he just went, he was going off about women, what bitches, this and that, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking while well, I'm watching him, and he's just real machismo type guy that you're kind of talking about, right? Yep. And he thinks it's super funny to just trash women. And so I'm going, how can I get him to understand? And I found the perfect way, mm. perfect way. I said, I have to ask you a personal question. Yeah, what is it? Are you, are you gay? And he goes, no, why would you say that? Right. Right? And I go, well, because you're talking about how you don't like women. Mm. And that I'm just saying that someone might get the idea that you're gay because you really don't like women. Mm -hmm. He goes, no. Now, now I have his attention, yeah. right? <laughs> right? Yeah. I said, so do you want, I mean, uh, don't you want to have some comedy groupies like you go on and then women want to be with you? He goes, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, let me show you how to do that. Now, uh, he, now he's open for a suggestion. And you took a solution approach there too. You were like, "Hey, you want X, Y, and Z?" Yeah, well, so then I let talked me show to you him. A, B, and C. I talked to him in male language, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, which is, you want to get laid, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Exactly. <laughs> so no, that, which, which, in in, the, in sort of that masculine mindset, that works because it's like, here's the result I want. What's the equation I got to do to get there? So here's what I told him to do. Because I knew it was closer to the truth because comedy is about telling the truth, right? Mm -hmm. And he was unable to see it or do it. So I showed him the truth. I said, basically, here's how you get laid. You're saying, I hate women, mm. right? Why not say, women scare me, mm. right? And now come out why they're scary. Yeah. So accusation to vulnerability. Yes. Mm -hmm. So then he changed his premise. He got the same jokes he wanted to do in there. Mm -hmm. But now he was going more vulnerable, more revealing of himself. So what female comics do too much of, mm -hmm. um, male comics do too little of, mm -hmm. which is that vulnerability of revealing about himself, which was the truth, which he couldn't see. Mm -hmm. He couldn't see that um, he was stuck in because, you know, he divorced his, his wife dumped him and slept with his best friend. And so he hates women. Mm -hmm. I said, no, women scare you, ah. scare you because you got really hurt. Now you can call that woman a bitch mm -hmm. and the audience is with you and you're scared when you date. And I wrote a lot of jokes for him. Like, mm. I just head to the wreckage of my future. Like, yeah. <laughs> as someone to dance and me, I'm going, oh, she's going to dance with me. Then she's going to, you know, yep. uh, you know, betray me. And then she's going to sleep with my best friend, dance with you, fuck off. Yep. You know what I mean? So now he has same kind of material. Yep. But well, he got his message across, but you were able to get him out of that sort of severe mindset of, you know, of logic, I guess you could say that made sense to him, but you had to you had to get through to him on his level to get him to the right level. You know, right? I have much harder time with women um, finding the global premise of their joke and seeing beyond themselves or mm -hmm. seeing their place in the world in relationship to a larger world, and that's in a way why I stopped teaching. Uh, stand up because I started being such a bitch. I started, I'm locking you in this room and don't come out until you can say what it was, say a couple sentences without I, me, or my in it. Yeah. All right. And then go, you know what? 
you need to find something better to do with your life, Judy. <laughs> well, and, and <laughs> write the book about it, and then go, and then move on move to the on. next thing. Yeah. Well, and and, and it's, especially with vulnerability, uh, you know, a lot of you know when people come from that masculine side is like, and you're seeing this a lot with modern comics is male comics, male performers, male writers, but they have no problem making fun of themselves. As long as it falls within a certain couple of categories, you know, a lot of categories. But when you see, like I always, I have talked about Daniel Sloss before. Daniel Sloss goes to a level of vulnerability where, you know, everyone's in the audience's asshole tightens up. Like everyone gets super nervous because they're like, he's really going to a place that's uncomfortable. Like, I do not want to be in here while he's talking about the things he's talking about. But he is so excellent because he's willing to go to those types of things. Every male comic can do a joke about their, you know, about being impotent. Every male comic can do a joke about being broke. They can do, they can do all of these sort of like, because, you know, though, I hate to use the phrase, but the locker room talk kind of, you know, making Mm -hmm. fun of myself in that way, because that is a socially and masculine way of making fun of yourself. But the true, the people who are really taking things to the next level are the ones who are going beyond just, Hey, I can make that joke with my friend and he'll joke back with me, but really make you go, wow, that's, that's something I got to think about. Gary, Gary Goldman is doing that in Mm -hmm. his latest, uh, Netflix comedy special or is it on HBO but mm-hmm. his name is Gary Goldman mm-hmm. and he is amazing and he jokes about depression. Yes. And I think what a transformation to be able to be on that's something that a lot of I think men can't um, admit um, and make fun of. I think that's an accomplishment. Mm-hmm. That oh, is absolutely. huge because the word depression um I kind of, I think that's, I have never seen anyone else besides Frank King who has turned um, his depression and uh, um, wanting to kill himself into comedy routines. Mm -hmm. Um, Those two guys I really admire because they really found a way to do it. Because if you talk about depression on stage as a comic, just the word brings people down. And it's funny because it's amazing how many feminine qualities and and feminine way of thinking gets into comedy that you think is very masculine like one of the people who i think has a a really strong you know who can who can go to that vulnerable side but no one ever expects it is bill burr a lot of mm. people think bill burr is like oh he's super you know he's yeah. he's you know because he has comedy that's mm-hmm. like you know doesn't look right but like there's a in his recent special the paper tiger uh, special. He does a thing about having to give up his dog because his dog is too violent and is attacking people. And he talks about how his wife handled it like an adult and he handled it like the a child, like the worst person ever. And that level of that was a level of vulnerability that demonstrates why he's one of the most popular comics in the world, because he didn't just talk about, oh, you know, women are dumb for this or whatever. He was like, this is my failings because of my masculinity. This is my failing, you know, and and I am upset and and he doesn't leave that story as a hero. That's another thing, too. That's another really hard thing for men to do in creativity is they kind of want to leave. They want that. 
walking away from the explosion in slow motion moment. They want that. I heroically did this and that. Um, I just got in an argument with my business partner about the movie Ford versus Ferrari. I don't know if if people have seen that. Um, But my argument with that movie is that they made all of the main characters look like gods, like everything they did, even the things where you're supposed to see like they, you know, this is a bad trait. They took that bad trait and made it look like it was incredibly important thing. Like if they didn't act like that, this good thing wouldn't have happened and this great thing wouldn't have happened. So by the end of the movie, these guys look like flawless men. You know, they look like, you know, they're infallible and they're just, you know, and they, man, they've got, and it took me out of the movie. It took me out of it because I work in racing. I know the guys who do this are not like that at all. And, but they would never show because that movie is going to come from a very sealed off, very, you know, severe masculine kind of place. Mm. And, you know, he's, you know, one of the examples is, is, you know, Christian Bale's wife just she yells at him for not following his dream <laughs> you know and his kid is the ultimate sycophant who thinks he everything his dad does is the greatest thing in the world and i'm like i'm not buying this no. i'm not buying no, this no i i think it's it's very interesting here is really what we're saying is that um in order to be sexual well in comedy for a man mm. now is is to see and make fun of your flaws. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting... Real with, flaws. Real flaws. Deep flaws. Things that you yes. wouldn't joke around like, with your buddies like with. Like Jim Gaffigan admitting how his inability to deal with um, his wife's brain tumor. Mm, <laughs> right? Yeah. And now, yeah, well, she's going to, you know, she's going to be using that for a long time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Oh, he does things about his weight. He does things about, you know, things that... And he, it's it's the walking away the hero that is a stigma that 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 yes. I think is a problem with a lot of masculine creatives. Yes, but let they, me get yeah. back to the problem with this is what men need to do more of focusing on their flaws, which is actually what, the first day of a, a comedy class is how are you not the perfect woman? How are you not the perfect man? However, mm-hmm. the problem women have is that this self-deprecating humor for women is no longer appropriate, mm. right? Because that's all female comedy has been. I'm so inadequate. Yep. I'm so fat. I'm so ugly. I can't get laid. That's been our mantra for so long. So I'm saying that that's where we've been. I think men, male comics are now moving more towards revealing their flaws, revealing how they're not such a guy. Mm. I mean, and, and it's no, you know, that's why most, it's hard to, you know, be successful as a male comic if you're really handsome, yeah. right? <laughs> you know, you have to be uh, flawed and look yeah. flawed. It's hard for people to get their comedy from a guy who's gorgeous. So, and the same thing with women. But I think with women for so long, it's been how inadequate we are and this muffin top that that self-deprecating humor for women is now hack, yeah. really. And, and so we sort of, in this conversation, it's made me realize that we need to all trade places. Yeah. And that we women need to be more worldly in our humor. Mm-hmm. We need to come out maybe more on top, like Michelle Wolf does in you, her. Women need to walk away from the explosion in slow motion. Yes. They need to do that. Yeah. They need to have that. They need to leave the hero. And they need and so- to, like, become the hero of their own joke mm-hmm. because, and have the last laugh. Mm-hmm. 
And, and, and it's interesting as well because also in how we go about creating our creative material is another thing too is because, you know, I see a lot of guys who won't, they're afraid to just follow a feeling. You know, they'll, they'll, it's like, well, what's the result of this? Or how do I, how does this finish? Or how, what am I going to get out of this? And it's like, no, you got to, you got to be able to do stuff where it's just like, I'm going to follow this breadcrumb trail of emotions to something. And whether I end up using it or not using it, I have to be willing to go. Yes. And with women, like I just wrote a joke about, like, if you're going to talk about your father, who my father was mm. quite a son of a bitch. And uh, I think I wrote a joke uh, today by trying to put it in some global form is that my father was just like Trump. Mm -hmm. He'd yell at the kids for, you know, running on his, for crying out loud, get off my lawn. And Mm -hmm. they threatened to build a wall around it and make (laughs) the kids pay for it. So anyway, it's trying to do a joke about my father, but putting in the context of the world. Yeah. Exactly. So I think, actually, I think we should do leave them with a homework assignment because right. there might be people who are going to write a bunch of angry comments about this podcast and going, women aren't like that, men aren't like that, da, 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 da. Um, I would say if you recognized any of these traits, male, female, gay, straight, whatever, whatever you may be, if you recognized any of these traits, see if you can do the opposite. See if you can do something in your creative work that you would never feel comfortable doing. It's like you said, if you can take something, uh, if you're, you know, if you find yourself doing a lot of me, mine, I, you know, things about me, my personal thing, try to go worldly with something. If you are someone who is always trying to make yourself look good, try to be, you know, how do I take this to the next level of vulnerability in my life to really demonstrate that I am a whole person and that I don't always have to, to be the champion of every story. You know, let me create without a result in mind. Or on the opposite of that, okay, let me take something very, you know, open and emotional and make it very concrete and, and have it very almost equation-like. Try doing the opposite of what your natural inclination is because I think that is really where the next level of creatives is going to go. If you would like to learn more about turning your purpose into a career, go to themessageofyou.com where I'll give you free access to my online course. Click the button in the top banner when you get there. If you'd like to learn more about what I'm doing, then go to judycarter.com. Thanks for listening, and let's find your message and launch your career.